learned lessons about listening to wisdom or having the proper fear of the Lord. We talked about our hearts and how we must guide them and we must guard them. We talked about controlling our words. We talked about living in humility instead of pride. And then last week we looked at sexual purity. And today's topic is all about friendship and just like the song that you just heard. And as I sat down to write this, I want to be real honest, I kind of just sat there and said, man, this feels like another lesson on friendship. Like, and I know that's what we're talking about, but like, I have taught a lot of these in student ministry over the years. And a lot of that is because students are in these years where they are establishing their identity and friends are an important part of that development. So I was just kind of sitting there a little bit passionless as I was kind of just starting this thing. And so as I was struggling, you know, part of my devotion on Wednesday morning had me reading in Jeremiah 20. And in verse nine, it says, but if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And see, in this moment, even when people were choosing not to listen to Jeremiah, in fact, when people were ridiculing Jeremiah for the words that he was saying, he knew that he still needed to speak truth. And so after reading that, I really began praying, God, this topic here, that is not just something that I'm passionate about at this moment. Will you lead me to what it is that I'm supposed to say that people need to hear? God, will you begin to even ignite that fire in my heart for what can sometimes be a pretty normal conversation that I have with people? And as I prayed, and then I began again reading these words from Proverbs, like I began to change, like my heart began to change and be excited about this truth, like being passionate about the people that we spend our time with or choosing who we invest in, choosing to open up to people and allowing people to speak into us. This topic of friendship is one that is so much more important than sometimes we make it out to be. So just for fun, I started looking at different quotes about friends and friendships. Like, what do people say about it? And so here's just quite a vast array of different thoughts. Muhammad Ali said, friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It's not something you learn in school. But if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you haven't really learned anything. Henry Ford said, my best friend is the one who brings the best out of me. Winnie the Pooh says, a day without a friend is like a pot without a single drop of honey left inside. Aristotle, he said, a friend is one soul abiding in two bodies. George Washington once said, true friendship is a plant of slow growth. Helen Keller said, I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than walk alone in light. There's a quote with an unknown author that says, there are friends, there is family, and then there are friends that become family. There's a guy named O. Henry, and he said, no friendship is an accident. Jennifer Wilson says, a messy house is a must. It separates your true friends from other friends. Real friends are there to visit you, not your house. Benjamin Franklin, he once said, tis a great confidence in a friend to tell him your faults, greater to tell him his. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to travel fast, travel alone. If you want to travel far, go together. Michael W. Smith, a long time ago, said, friends are friends forever, if the Lord's the Lord of them. There's a Veggie Tale song that simply says, I can be your friend. Any day, in any weather, we can be friends and play together. 
If your hair is red or yellow, we can have lunch. I'll share my jello. It's okay if we are different. We can still play because I can be your friend. I was thinking about that TV show, Friends, that was so popular for so many years. And I think the reason is because people connected with the characters and this idea of wanting to connect with other people, sometimes on that same level. It probably doesn't hurt that, you know, everything gets solved in 30 minutes as well. Maybe I could be part of that as well. But you and I, we are made for connection. We are made for connection. And so what is a friend? The definition in the dictionary says a person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. So there's some sort of connection between two people. So many times when we talked about uh, friendship with students, I would talk about this idea of circles of friendship and to be able to have like a visual that helps us to understand things. I brought along this target here. So the circle of friends, what you need to know is that all of us have a best friend or a few of the best friends. Like those are the people that you talk to about anything. They're the ones that you share things that you don't want anyone else to know about. They're the ones when something is going on and it's just really heavy, they're the people that you are going to call. And again, that's not usually a huge number. It might only be one, but we all have those people in our lives. And so that represents the red circle right here, that those are our best friends. All right. And then kind of the white category, the right set of circle, are people that we would just call our friends. And so we may interact with them, whether it's on a team, maybe in school we interact with them, maybe on a Friday night if we're wanting to get together or something like that. They're the people that will call, hey, I don't want to go to this by myself. Would you consider going? And so those are the people that, again, you spend a lot of time with, you have things in common with them, but they're probably not the ones that you share everything with. Okay? And then you have the blue circle. And the blue circle would be people that are just acquaintances. All right? So they're not the ones that you would just seek out to, hey, do things. But you might talk in the hallway. You might sit next to them at a lunch or in a class or you're working on a project together for a little while. And so they're your acquaintances and you have just, you know, you'll have small conversations with some of them and some of them you don't. And then the gray, the outside of that, I just call that others. Okay? Now I do that because sometimes people want to jump right to enemies, but that's not true. Like there are some people that you know, you see a face, but you don't know a name. They're not quite an acquaintance, but you don't have anything against them. And so there's just these people that are outside of that uh, circle of acquaintances that they're just our other people. And so having told you this, like sometimes we can just talk friends and we think everyone's in the same category, but that's not true. The closer the person is to the center of your circle, like they have more of a relationship with you, the more critical that these instructions are that we are looking today in Proverbs as far as what does it mean to have these friendships. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to Proverbs chapter 13. All right, the verses that we're looking at are also in the YouVersion app if you prefer to do that and take notes that way. I will tell you this week, we are not going to be turning as many places as we have in the past few weeks. There's not as many verses as to what we're looking at this morning, but I will tell you, that does not make the topic any less important. And so we're going to look at four instructions about friendship that Solomon writes. And so the first thing that we need to know about friendship is that we must choose friends wisely. You and I, we have to choose friends wisely. And so that comes from verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 20, all right? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says this, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. All right, so this verse, it tells us that the people that you spend time with, the people that you associate with, those people, they have a huge impact on your life. 
Now, as I said earlier, like in this series, we've seen again and again how living in wisdom, it benefits our lives. And so in some of those weeks, we were told that you shouldn't live as someone who is prideful or boastful or rebellious or gossip or even an adulterer. But we're also then warned over and over again to be careful how much you interact with those who are, for that will influence you as well. Now, I can already hear some people, but Jesus told us to go talk to everybody. Absolutely true. We are supposed to go and tell Jesus' love to everyone. So we should not count someone out. We should not love someone based off something. However, if you interact on a constant basis and deeply interact with someone on a constant basis that has lesser values than you and you are not seeing a change in their life, it will affect you. No matter what you say, it will affect you. There's another verse that we haven't looked at. And so up on the screen, Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 say this. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn his ways and get yourself entrapped. Like whether you want to admit it or not, people rub off on us and we rub off on them. So think about this for a moment. What in life have you started liking that you never did before, but you've started doing it now simply because you spent time with someone that liked it or they liked this thing or event, so you've started doing that. So for some of you, that's a sports team. Like you don't care about sports at all, but someone that you're around really likes this team. And so you have begun cheering for that team. For some of you, like it's a type of music that a friend listens to. So you're like, you know what? Country music's not that bad. And so you've started listening to it because they do as well. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe it's a type of drink, or maybe it's a little bit deeper than that. Maybe the way you dress begins to change, or the way you talk begins to change, either for the better or not for the better. Maybe after spending enough time with someone, the way you think actually begins to change, or even your values. In fact, Solomon experienced this with his wives You see, many of them worshiped other gods, and for a time period, it turned his heart away from the Lord. You see, because each of us are influenced by some, like by people in some way, it is so important that we choose our friends well. Now, in a series that I would often teach with the high school students about friendship, dating, and sex, there was one quote that I would always say, and it's this, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. And you might want to say, well, that kind of overstates things, don't you think? Because we all still make our own decisions. It is true. We all make our own choices, but you will be shaped by those around you. There was another fun quote that I came across. It said, friends can be like elevator buttons. They can either bring you up or take you down. And it's true. And I was thinking even back to that spot where, man, if I'm around people with values that are way down here, but my value is up here and consistently around them, even if you influence them to where they come up to here, you have to be cautious because it's not that difficult for you to be brought down to there. Like we must be careful. And all of this is the reason why Solomon says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So you must choose your friends wisely. Now, unfortunately, even choosing your friends wisely, it does not mean that they will never stab you in the back. I wish it did. But all people change over time. And often your friend group will change together, but sometimes friendships come and go based off of a season of life, or sometimes a person 
chooses to hurt you because they're being selfish and they're really only looking out for themselves in the moment. But if you're intentional about making sure that those people in the center of your circle have the same values as you, it will save you a lot of pain in the end. So choose wisely. The second instruction from Proverbs tells us that friendships are meant to sharpen each other. Like that is one of the purposes of friendships is to sharpen each other. Turn to chapter 27 of Proverbs. We're going to go near the end. Chapter 27, verse 17. Again, some people have heard this but didn't know it's from the Bible. And so chapter 27, verse 17 is the one that we're looking at here. Here's what it says. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I'll tell you, that's a really simple verse, but it's true. And I wonder, have you ever tried cutting with a dull blade? Like, it really doesn't help you get the job done easily. I was starting to think about dull blades that I have or have had, and there was this head shear that I had that I'd used enough that it was a pretty dull blade to the point that when I went to go cut something, instead of cutting it, it went between the two blades and just like leaned sideways. And so like it'd be multiple times to finally cut that thing. Or if I'm being completely honest right now, my lawnmower blade needs sharpened. Like I mow it and you can see some grass pop up right after I've gone over it. Like I know it, I can do it, but like I'm waiting for triple digits to kind of go away before I do that. But like it just doesn't get the job done as well as that sharp blade. Or even this week as I went to go cut something in our office with our paper cutter, I learned that it was not a very sharp blade. It's like half my papers didn't cut. And so like when we're talking about these things that are not sharp, we have a couple options of what we could do. You can either replace it or you can purposely sharpen it. And I think about even sharpening the knife before you cut the turkey. And so just as you use specific types of tools to sharpen another tool, so people sharpen one another. And maybe when you think about friendships, the first thing that pops into your mind is just the fun that you have with them. But when a friendship goes to a whole nother level, it allows both of you to become better people. Like you challenge each other. You teach each other. You encourage each other. You hold each other accountable. You experience new things. And sometimes that's simply because you have someone alongside of you pushing you. But sometimes the reason that happens is because that other person sees something in you that you never saw. There's such a benefit to having good friends around. In fact, Solomon wrote about this in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is kind of a reflection at the very end of his life. And so in chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, he says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Like the benefit of good friends, it helps with results but it also helps you with your needs. And if you've been around Rick Allspa at all, maybe you've heard him talk about 2 a.m. friends. Do you have friends that you could call at two in the morning if you needed them? I was thinking about just the different friends that I have, and I have friends that I can call when something happens with my car and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, or with my appliances or technological things that I'm like, um, I know how to turn it off and turn it back on. I have people that I can call if I need help carrying something or moving something. I have people that I can call if it's like, I just want to relax, you know, or I want to go play golf. 
I have uh, people that I can call if, hey, let's get our families together. I have people that I can call when I need like a target for an illustration for a sermon. You know what? I even have people that I called when I heard the news about my mom passing away. Like friends that you have. I also have two really close friends from college that are my go-to with ministry questions or even just other life situations that pop up. I have other friends who live in different places of the country that we don't communicate with very often, but when we do, it's just that encouragement and we're able to pray for each other. I'll tell you, in each of those relationships, like there's definitely fun that takes place. That is an aspect of it. But there's also a sharpening that causes each of us to be better people, to be better husbands and fathers, to be better employees and leaders, even to be more purposeful as a follower of Christ. And so when you think about your center circle friends, when they live with wisdom and they help sharpen your life, you will benefit from that. And hopefully, they will too. The third instruction about friendship from the book of Proverbs is this. Make love the foundation. Like, build your friendship upon love. Turn back to chapter 17. We're going to look at two different verses in chapter 17 with this idea of love being the foundation. The first verse is going to be verse 9. So chapter 17, verse 9. So Solomon says this, He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. And now I want you to jump down to verse 17. Verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Like even without diving into both of those, just reading them, can you hear the focus on love and forgiveness? Like the truth is, even as wise as a person might be, or even as helpful as a person might be, no one's perfect, even you, which means all of us will be let down at some point. And at some point, you will hurt others as well. Sometimes that's unintentionally, and sometimes in the moment, that's a a purposeful choice that you make. But if you want your friendship to last, it must be built upon love, which includes being able to forgive. Now, the verses we looked at, they don't say, well, just ignore it. Like, that's not what it says. That doesn't help anybody heal at all. Instead, what that causes is just bitterness to be able to build up, and then at some point, it spills out. Instead, we need to intentionally forgive. We need to deal with the issue that is at hand, and then we need to do our best to not hold a grudge. When dealing with hurt, it's important to keep the issue between you and the other person that it's involved with. If it's absolutely necessary, you can bring someone else in to help mediate. But if your response to being hurt is to go post something on social media, or your first response is to go tell all of your other friends about what this other person did to you, then man, your actions have an immense chance of breaking trust with your friend. And that is even harder to overcome than the hurt that happened in the first place. But the pain in our life, sometimes it's not caused by our friend. In fact, most of the time it's not. And in those life circumstances that bring us down, we see that a true friend will help you through that adversity. That's what the second verse talked about. And when you've made it through that difficult time together, often you'll look at your friendship and see that it has even more meaning because of what the two of you walked together through. 
true friends. They love in both the easy and convenient times and also the difficult and maybe inconvenient times. And immediately, as I talk about all this, I'm sure there are certain names or faces that come to your mind who have proved their friendship to you, maybe even time and time again. And if you're doing it right, your name or your face will appear in other people's minds as they think about their friends. Everything in our friendship should be driven and motivated by love. All this brings me to the last instruction regarding friends. It's not about numbers. Friendship is not about numbers. Go to chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 24. It's the last verse in this chapter, chapter 18, verse 24. And so Solomon said this, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'll tell you, usually the older we get, we see the benefits of quality as opposed to quantity, like in a lot of different areas of our life. And this text reminds us that sometimes we can be surrounded by a large number of people and still feel really lonely. Or we can have moments where no one steps up in our time of need. Or we might even come to the realization that our friends that we thought were part of the red circle, they're not. They're more part of the white one. You know, maybe out of our 1,500 Facebook friends that we have, we've never really spent time investing in someone or allowing them to invest in us. But what you need to know is that friendship is not a popularity contest. It's a real relationship with real people. Now, depending on your personality, depending on your job, depending on where you live, depending on your family, you may have more or less true friends. But as S.E. Hinton once said, if you have two friends in your lifetime, you're lucky. If you have one good friend, you're more than lucky. And sometimes we can see others who seem to have this large group of friends around them. And could I caution you not to jump to conclusions. Because it could be true that they have a lot of friends, but it also might mean that they have a lot of acquaintances and they still feel really lonely. Please don't let Satan use jealousy as something to pull you farther away from those around you to where you end up allowing comparison to bring you so low that you don't allow for friendships in your life. Instead, may you decide to invest in those around you. And I will tell you, some of those people will want to reciprocate. One other saying that I grew up knowing is this, to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. You can't just expect things for people to treat you one way, but you're gonna treat them differently. And so you can't control other people, but you can control yourself. I want to tell you about someone in our congregation that I've recently had the pleasure of meeting and starting a friendship with. He's been attending a South Rock for about a month, and we got together once, and we talked life, and we talked Jesus, and I'm excited. He is choosing to be baptized later on today, and we were talking about what does that look like, and who is it that you would want to be part of that, to do your baptism? He immediately thought of one friend, like he came to his mind. They'd gone to the same high school, but they really weren't friends at that time, but after a specific moment where our church member had an encounter with God, and then he posted about it on social media, the two met up, and they began talking about God, and what does that look like in your life? 
And so then he began going to church and he noticed that other people that were going to church, man, they acted differently than everyone else who was living in Portland. Like just going, this is different. What's going on here? And anytime he had questions, he would reach out to his friend. So even though now, like he lives here in Kansas and his friend lives in Georgia, he flew up here to be part of the baptism. You can go, why would someone do that? Because friendship's not about numbers. It's about influence. It's about sharpening. It's about love and forgiveness. And that last verse that we looked at said, there's a friend that is closer than a brother. And man, you've got some of these earthly friends of people being there right alongside of you, but as close as an earthly friend can be to you, there's someone who wants to be even closer. Like he wants to talk to you. He wants to listen to what you have to say. He wants to be there to laugh with you. And in those moments that you're crying, and he wants to cry and just hold you in his arms. He wants to give you strength as you walk through adversity. He wants you to turn to him and ask him for help. He wants to make sure that you never have to do anything alone again. And when things got tough for him, he didn't back away. He showed a love and forgiveness in a way that no one else could because he died so that that forgiveness you could experience. Like Jesus, he wants to have a relationship with you. Not just a routine of I'm coming to sit in church or anything like that. He wants a relationship with you, but he allows you to choose it. And I'll tell you, if talking about friendship today, you're like, I want to experience his forgiveness. I want to give my life to him. I want to begin following after him and living in his grace then I'm going to encourage you, even as I'm finishing up the sermon or afterwards, man, I'd encourage you to go over to the prayer room and talk with someone and go, what does this look like? I am ready to jump in today. Or even if you want to pray with someone, because as we're talking adversity, man, you just feel like it's kind of beating you up right now. And you want a Christian brother or sister to come alongside and help carry that load, man, we would love to pray with you. So again, at any point during the rest of the service, I'd encourage you to do that. But for everyone else, why don't you close your eyes right now? Okay, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to listen to some famous song lyrics that were first written in a poem back in 1855, and 13 years later, they made it into a song called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It says, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear, but what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It says, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, He'll take and shield you, and you will find a solace there. I want you just to spend a minute or two 
talking to your friend who's waiting to have a conversation. God, I am thankful that we can call you friend. Like as high as you are and as mighty and perfect, like you still want to be around us. God, you want more than just to be around us. You want to do everything with us. Fathers, we've just been looking in your word and we've been talking about this idea of friendship. I pray that you would work on each of our hearts and help us to know what action comes with that for each one of us. So as we're talking about choosing our friends wisely, maybe there's some decisions that we need to make in that area, or maybe just some encouragement that we need to be able to give to those of us, uh, those friends that we do have. Father, maybe just a realization of we need some sharpening. We've become a little bit dull, and so I pray that those conversations would happen as you would lead that. Father, I pray that you would help us to be able to show the love that you give to us and the forgiveness within those friendships and help little things not to be that which separates good friends. God, I pray that we would not get caught up in the comparison game and feel like we're any less worthy. It's so easy to do that. God, may we invest in those around us. Father, even as we're praying this, I'm praying for the hearts of those who have not yet chosen you. God, who have not experienced your grace the way that so many of us have, and I pray that they would desire to, to walk with you. And for those of us who have chosen that, God, would you continue to guide us? Would you continue to place it in our hearts that the desire to walk, you know, hand in hand and step by step with you in every area of our life? God, I'm thankful that every burden and every care we can give to you. And so we do that, and we look forward to what you're going to continue to do in our lives. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.